Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Welcome, Legacy Nashville family. Happy Sunday to you. It is so good to see you again from wherever you are, your couch, your kitchen, your table, maybe another country. We've had a lot of folks tune in recently from other parts of the U.S. and other countries, and we want to say welcome to the family as part of the Legacy family. We are so happy to have you with us, have you worshiping with us, and diving into God's Word with us. So if you were here last week, we talked a little bit about a forthcoming sermon series, which is a little strange to do for me, to be honest, in the midst of a pandemic. Like, starting a sermon series uh, can't just be about any topic. You can't just cherry-pick a subject and decide to share a sermon series on it. Like, we've got to be very intentional about what we're speaking from in God's Word in this season because we cannot miss what God is saying to the church in the midst of such a unique time. I was talking with a friend of mine this week, a new friend of mine actually, Pastor William McDowell from Orlando, Florida, who I love so much. He's absolutely incredible. I'm so excited. I get to speak for his young adult uh, streaming conference that he's doing next month. Super stoked. And he and I just shared some time online and he was pouring forth this revelation about preaching God's word in the midst of this season. We can't just do any old sermon series. We we're talking about this. And he was saying, you know, to ask for this to relent without catching God's intent would be a grave mistake on our part. We really have to lean into the Lord and discern what God is speaking to his body in this season. We have to have uh, our, our, our hand. Uh, we have to be reading and studying. We have to be praying and going after what is it that God is saying right now. It's not just about what's the church going to do. It is about what is God speaking. And that's what we're trying to discern. We're praying. We're going after it. Uh, we're leaning into the Holy Spirit. And what we feel that God is speaking to us about is to dive deeper into the intimacy and the presence portions of our invitation to follow Jesus as his disciples. So we kicked off on that last week, and uh, I enjoyed going off the cuff and not using any notes, just going after it. And thank you guys for the text and the DMs and saying, way to go, we appreciate that, no notes, Lyle, just do that again. All right. Well, I have some notes here today, all right, but I may not lean into them too much because these notes are actually not new. Uh, they're actually somewhat old because last September we did a sermon series called Moments. Do you remember that sermon series? Moments. Some of you might. Uh, and in the midst of that sermon series, uh, I preached a message called Presence Principles. And I actually am going to unearth some portions of that message and bring them back up to the church today. You know, as a preacher, my temptation is to always be revelatory. You know, 
Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's not always the easiest, easiest thing to produce a fresh, spectacular sermon for every single Sunday. But it's a challenge I welcome because I love diving into the Word. But the Lord reminded me, actually a couple of weeks ago, he, he, he spoke to me and he said, it's not always about new revelation. Sometimes it's about remembering revelation. And so if, you, if it's okay with you, church, today I'd like to take us down a tour of memory lane a little bit and kind of lean back into that moment series some because we're going to be kicking off a brand new sermon series today called Presence People. All right? Presence People. This is who we are, Legacy Family. We are presence people. This is who you are as part of the Legacy Family. You are a presence person. You are a presence dweller. That's who we are. That's who you are. And so I want to talk about that, us being a presence people. And I'm going to go back to Exodus chapter 33 for my favorite theophany in the entire scripture. Uh, of course, aside from the theophany, that is Jesus, right? Manifest, God manifesting to the world. But my, especially my favorite theophany in the Old Testament, it's when Moses gets the privilege in Exodus chapter 33 of seeing God. And so that's where I'm going to go today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read a good chunk of scripture here, verse 12 through 23. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the principles or uh, the, the presence principles. I'm not, I'm not trying to re-preach the whole message, but I really want to talk about these presence principles because I think it's essential for us to study and understand these things as presence people. So this is what I felt led by the Spirit to do today, and I hope it's a blessing to you. All right. Are you in Exodus chapter 33? Amen. I hear you. Amen. Let's go. Exodus 33. Verse 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, Moses talking, if I have found favor in your sight, God, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Didn't God just say that Moses already had favor? Moses is interested in more favor. Somebody say more favor. I'll take more favor. How about you? Come on, God. More favor in Jesus' name. Now, therefore, if I've found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find more favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people, the people I'm leading, the, the, the people I've been assigned to. These are your people, God. That's what Moses is saying. And he, and, and he said, God, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You have to understand that is a byproduct of the presence. A byproduct of the presence of God in your life is rest. What, is this, what does this uh, word mean here? Same thing as in Psalm 91. It means to settle down. It, it means to come to a place, uh, a posture uh, of, of settling down and, and cooling off. And that's a byproduct of being in the presence. Intimacy has always been God's prescription for anxiety. Let me say it again. Intimacy has always been God's prescription for anxiety. God says, my presence is going to go with you, Moses, and I'm going to give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring me up from here. That's really important. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? 
Is it not in your going with us so that we are made distinct, I and your people? Is it um, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I'm going to do. For you have found favor in my sight and you know be my you know me by name. There it is again, favor. You know me. You know me by name. This is so good, isn't it? Well, Moses says this. I love this, guys. Here's what, here's what Moses' response is to this conversation with the Father. He said, okay, show me your glory. You said, I know you. I've asked to know your ways. You said, I have favor with you. You said, I had favor with you. You said I had favor with you. Like you tripled down on the favor there, God. And if I have so much favor with you, then here's what I want. I don't want just a good Devo time. I don't want just some fresh revelation from the scripture. I want an unfiltered encounter with your glory. I want your person to be revealed to me, a human being that has found favor in your sight. I want to be a presence person to such an extent that I get to see, I get to witness, I get to testify about your great glory. I want to see you, God. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been to that place reading through the scripture? Like, it's not enough. I can't just listen to sermons on podcasts anymore. I can't just watch YouTube uh, worship sets anymore. Like, it's just, it's not enough. Like, I need my own experience, God. Show me your glory. Have you ever been there before? I've been there so many times in my life. I got to be honest. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I pray you get there. I, I pray that you are, you, you, there is a holy frustration that takes up residence in your soul today where nothing will satisfy you except for the unfiltered presence of God. And there is an urgency that takes root in your spirit where you cry out to the living God and you say, just like Moses said, God, show me your glory. I'm a presence person. That's who you are. You're a new creation. Your natural habitat is glory. You want to see the presence. Uh, you want to see the glory. You want to be in the presence. And God wants you to be in the presence. And God wants you to see the glory. You know why? Because you have found favor in his sight. You're his son. You're his daughter. I'm not even through the, I'm not even through the scripture yet. We're already getting started here. I'm, I'm already preaching. He says, show me your glory. He said, I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. Right? That is amazing. He said, okay, you want to see my glory? Well, here's what's going to happen. All my goodness is going to pass before you. When you have an encounter with God in his presence, here's what you come away with. The revelation that God is good. Isn't that amazing? Like if we're unsure of whether or not God is good, he clears it up so well as soon as we have an encounter with him. Like more encounters with God gives us a better understanding of how great and just how good he is towards us. I think that's pretty amazing. And I'm going to be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I'll show mercy on whom I'm going to show mercy, God says. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place, uh, place by me here where you shall stand on a rock. And I'm going to cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I'm going to take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Now, this is one incredible presence, encounter, theophany. Theologically, it's called a theophany. Uh, it's, it's a God appearance. So there's a ton of theophanies throughout the scripture. And this one right here is just, honestly, it's just one of my, one of my favorite uh, theophanies uh, in all of scripture. So Lord, I just pray that you would give us theophanies. 
that we would have new covenant theophanies, that we'd be able to testify and say that there was a shift today in our hunger to see your glory, that there was something that got settled in our spirit that said, we're not going to end our lives without having seen and, and beheld the very goodness of God to whatever extent that you would allow. We choose to be hungry. We choose to be passionate. We choose to be presence people today in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that prayer, just say amen. Amen. I'm looking at my watch because I'm trying not to preach as long as I have been, all right? I know you're at home. You got your kids. They're running around. They're getting crazy. I'm going to try to move through it as quick as I can, but I still want to, you know, hang out with you for a little bit, okay? So one of the things I was thinking about, I was reminded of this, actually. Pretty crazy, all right? We know that, like, on Mount Sinai, there was, like, thunderstorms and, and, and lightning and, and, uh, and thunder and, and, and clouds of thick darkness and all this. These, these are manifestations of God's power. It, it, whenever there's a theophany taking place where human beings are allowed to behold God in the Old Testament, there's things like this that are taking place. I was studying this this week and I was thinking about it and I was reminded of when I was a kid and had a very unusual experience. Can, can I tell you guys about it? Because it's kind of crazy and I bet some of you guys had some crazy experiences as kids as well. But when my parents got saved, shortly after they purchased a home that was just adjacent to the back door of our church. That's how passionate my parents were about never missing church. And I, I know that it's true. I, we never miss church. I remember like Sunday evenings when my mom decided to miss church like twice a year. was like my favorite thing ever. We'd sit at home eating popcorn, watching America's Funniest Home Videos. And like I loved it because we, we for once just didn't go to church. Like we never, ever, ever missed church. And we had no excuse to miss church because we were right there at the back door. So as a kid, we would go outside and we'd play in the church parking lot all the time. We would go into the church from time to time because we were really good friends with the church's daughters. And some people would come around that went to church from the neighborhood and we would go in the church. And I remember on one specific weekday, it was during summer break, I believe, uh, we went into the church and we decided to start playing music. Now, I always, you know, I always wanted to be able to play music. I always wanted to be able to play the drums and stuff. I, I never learned. But I got back on the drums and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going at it. It's prob probably just absolutely terrible, you know. And then the pastor's daughter, she could actually play the keys and she could sing a little bit. And so she got on them and she was going after it. And then we had another friend who was there. And I, I don't know if they like picked up a guitar or what they did or something. But I remember we got started and we were just kind of pretending to, to worship the Lord or, or playing church, if you will. And, you know, our hearts were to worship. We just didn't know what we were doing. And I remember that in the midst of us doing this, all of a sudden, there was this cloud that came into the sanctuary. I know this is weird, and I'm sorry if I'm freaking you out. But as a kid, I literally saw this cloud that came into the sanctuary, and I froze. I froze up because it freaked me out, because I was like, what is, what is happening? There's, literally, there's a cloud that's coming into the sanctuary. And I stood up from the drums, because it, it was creeping me out. And then my friend, the pastor's daughter, she stopped playing the keys. She looks over at me. Our other friend who was there, none of us said anything to each other at all. Nobody talked. We immediately all stood up and ran out of the sanctuary, ran through the back door, ran uh, through the kitchen, and, and was headed out because we were all so creeped out. All of us saw the same thing. We were so scared to even talk about it. But as I was reading the word this week, I felt like the Lord actually reminded me of that experience and said, remember when this happened when you were a kid? You didn't know it then, but you were having an experience with the glory of God. 
And I just remembered that this week. I, my wife is probably hearing about it now for the first time. It was a, like a, a theophany moment. I didn't, I didn't even know, but like what I loved about that was is that I learned very early on. Now looking back, I learned very early on that God is so attracted to our worship, even if it's terrible, even if we don't know what we're doing. God wants to encounter us even more than we want to encounter him or know how to encounter him or know how to attract him or know how to get him to show up. Like he wants us to become presence people so much more than we want to become presence people because he longs to encounter his kids. He longs to be around us. He longs to be with us. And he's looking for church families. He's looking for homes. He's looking for houses. He's looking for families. He's looking for hearts. People who will, who will say, I want to be a presence person, God. I want the cloud of your glory. I want the cloud of your goodness. I want to be taught your ways. I want to receive your favor. I want to welcome that into my house. That's who I am, God. That's who I'm called to be. I want that in my life. God is looking for those people. And we, church, as the Legacy Nashville family, are recognizing that's exactly who we are. We are presence people, just like Moses said. If your presence don't go with us, we don't want to go anywhere at all. Because the one thing that we have to have is we have to have presence. That's why we started the prayer room. I hope you guys have been enjoying those on Thursday nights. We have several of them on YouTube. It's been going awesome, unexpectedly awesome. And uh, we just want to host the presence of God. And, and just like my conversation this week with Pastor William, uh, homes are becoming uh, host places for the Spirit of God. And that's one of the things that God is doing in the midst of this pandemic, this quarantine, is that we're learning how to make our, our, our space, our space, God's space. Uh, our, our, our living room becomes God's dwelling place, right? Like it, we, we, we've learned how to take our, uh, our studies and turn them into secret places, our bedrooms, and turn them into sacred places. Like we're learning how to host the presence of God at home, and that's one of the things we have to get is that God, God is allowing us to go through a revealing season right now where he's exposing the level of intimacy that is there and he is revealing his heart for how much intimacy that he wants. He wants more of us. He wants more of our attention. He wants more of our time. And we're presence people and we're going to give it to him. Amen? Amen. I can hear you guys right now saying, Amen. Let's go. Amen. Yes. Well, you know, when you look at this story uh, with Moses, one of the things that we, we see is we see the moment we see the encounter, we see the theophany, we see the experience. We're like, I want that experience. You know, but here's, here's the thing, is that the reason why Moses had this experience was not an accident. The reason why Moses had this experience was because of his connection. And that's one of the things that we have to remember, church, as we read about theophanies and say, I'm a presence person, is we're not just going after the experience, we're going after the connection. Because if we get the connection, the experiences will happen often. And we don't want supernatural encounters to happen simply by accident because God gives grace for them and he shows up. We want them to happen intentionally because we're so connected that we grow and we live a lifestyle of expectation that each and every day could be a day where a theophany experience, an encounter happens, where we go up on the mountain, we meet with God that transforms our lives from this moment forward forever. That's the kind of lives we want to live, dwelling in that place, not visiting in that place, not a vacation home in the presence of God, but dwelling in the, in the presence of God. We've been talking about that through Psalm chapter 91. And I, I, I believe that. 
We see Moses in the scripture, right, like in the, in, the, in the theophany moment. He's talking to the Lord. He's complaining a little bit. He's saying, God, these people that you've given me to lead, it's very frustrating. It's very, it sounds like some of my prayers as a pastor. I'm going to be honest with you. Every now and then it gets difficult and I'm complaining to the Lord. But it's okay to complain to God. You know, David said, I pour out my complaint to the Lord. It's actually a byproduct of connection. You get vulnerable. You get transparent. You get real. You get raw. And in the presence of God, that's exactly what Moses is doing here. He's talking to the Lord about, you know, everything that's going on. And he's like, God, listen, I need your favor. I need to know your ways. I need to receive your goodness. I need to know what you're thinking, right? That's what Moses is basically asking. And then God responds. God responds to these questions and this complaint. And what does God say? Verse 14, he says, and he said, my presence is going to go with you, Moses. And guess what? It's going to give you rest. All right, here's point one if you want to write it down. The answer to your complaint, the answer to your question, the answer to your circumstance, the answer to your situation, the answer to whatever is going on in the midst of your quarantine right now, it doesn't matter. You may have lost your job. You may have lost a friendship. You may have lost... You may be having marital problems. You may be having problems with your kids right now. Look, I get it. I know. There's a lot of things that are going on right now in the world. You may, you may have lost a family member. There's a lot of things. But here's the answer. And this is point one. The answer is always God's presence. Always. You don't need help. You need presence. You don't need a team. You need presence. You don't need resources. You need presence. Essentially, that's what God is telling Moses. Moses is like, I need this. I need, I need all these. I need to know. I need to understand. I need to discern. He's like, nope, my presence will go with you. I know you think you need a lot of things, but here's what you need most. You need to become a presence person. You need to become a presence dweller. And I believe, I believe there are some people listening to me right now that are saying, no, that's not it. I don't think I need that. Can I just ask you, will you spend some time this week in prayer, really going after intentionally the presence of God and, and getting into that place of calming down, like we talked about in Psalm 91, of calming down and coming to that place of like, I am going to dwell in the presence of God. I'm going to pay attention to God. I'm going to get in the presence of God. Will, will you do me a favor? If you don't believe me, will you do, take this week, get into the presence of God and see if this is not God's solution? God's answer, the answer is always God's presence. And it's in God's presence that he gives us rest. Now, when God reveals this to Moses, Moses all of a sudden has a paradigm shift, doesn't he? Like there's a shift, there's a switch that turns on. And this is a switch that all of us need to turn on in the midst of quarantine. Here's the switch. It is having an appropriate value for God's presence. Moses thought it was all these other things. God's like, nope, that's not what you need. You need my presence. There's a switch that turns on in Moses' head, and he says, you know what, God? You're exactly right. It's always good to take God at his word. He says, you're exactly right, God. I don't need those other things. You know what I need? I need your presence. This is something that needs to transpire in our hearts, church. We need to have a paradigm shift in our mindset, which is to place the appropriate value upon God's presence. We need God's presence more than anything else. We must come to a place of absolute dependence upon God's presence more than anything else. We need to shift our mindset because we need the appropriate value for the presence, which is actually point number two. God's presence must become irreplaceable in your life. God's presence must become irreplaceable in your life. 
Because once Moses understood the, the, the value of God's presence, Moses put his, his stake in the ground and he said, okay, God, well, then I'm not moving. If all that I really need is your presence, I'm not moving. I'm not making any decisions. I'm not moving to a new city. I'm not moving to a new church. I'm not moving to a new job. I'm not, I'm not moving on to a new marriage. I'm not kicking my kids out of the house. I'm not trying to make all of these decisions without your presence. I, I, if that is what's most important, God, I'm going to put that value on your presence and I'm going to stand in this place and I'm going to say, if God's presence doesn't reveal it to me, I'm not moving. If God doesn't speak to me from the place of his presence, I'm not speaking up. If God doesn't reveal it to me in this place of his presence, then I don't have what I need to move forward. I have an appropriate value of God's presence in my life. I am a presence person. Guys, God's presence is, is what sets us apart. It's what makes us different. Moses actually acknowledged that. And just like Moses, we're the same. Without God's presence, we do not have what we need to accomplish our assignments in life. Without God's presence, you do not have what you need to accomplish the God assignments in your life. You're not called to do it by yourself. God wants to go with you. God wants to do it with you. God's presence has to have an appropriate value in your life which is that it's first and foremost, it's everything to be with God. Exodus 33 and verse 17 said, And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I'm going to know you by name. What is he saying? He's responding to Moses, actually. And he's saying, Yes, Moses, you're telling me that you're not going to move without my presence. And what I'm telling you is, and this is point number three, is that God's presence, it belongs to you, Moses. And can I tell you today, church, that God's presence already belongs to you. It's free and it's always going to be free. No matter where you are today, God's presence is available. It, 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 even if Wi-Fi is not available, God's presence is available. Even if money's not available, God's presence is available. Even if connection with other people you want to be connected with is not available, it's God's presence is still available. God's presence is always available to you and you can have as much of God's presence as you want. You can have much of God as you want. You can have much of Jesus as you want. You can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you want. I know sometimes that's a, that's a bit revealing to consider that reality, but you can have as much of God as you want and Moses, man, he wants more. I don't know about you, but I want more. I don't, I don't know about you, legacy family, but I want more of God's presence. I want us to experience more of God's presence. Moses is standing there and he's like, that. yep, I hear you, God. Okay, yep, I have an appropriate value for the presence. I have favor. I, okay, I, I want to see your ways. Okay, you're going to show me your goodness. Okay, more glory, God. Show me your glory. He's like, more, 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 which, which is what ends up happening to anybody who's ever had an encounter. You want more encounters. You want to see God more because... It's so amazing. It's so good, right? And so Moses is like, well, okay, 33 and 18, verse 33 and 18, verse 18, says, Moses said, please show me your glory, which is a response to God's promises, saying, hey, presence is here. Presence is available. Moses is like, show me your glory, God. I want more. I want more of your glory. And the word presence here actually means for God's face to turn, and so when we talk about God's presence, what we're talking about is God's attention. We pay attention to God. God pays attention to us. That's the place of God's presence. And when Moses says, I want to see your glory, uh, we've talked about this so much recently, especially 
uh, since we had our wonderful guest, Nathan Finocchio, with us. That word uh, glory is kabod, or, or kabod, and it means weight and abundance and honor and splendor and authority and character. And so to see God's glory is to experience the complete gravity of God's abundance. To see God's glory is to experience the complete gravity of God's honor and his splendor and his authority and his character, which is why it's actually kind of dangerous. That's why uh, God says, listen, I'm going to have my goodness pass by you, but I'm going to have to hide your face, man, because if, if, if I don't, you're going to die, right? So here, here's, here's point four real quick. Point four is this, live to explore the limits of God's presence. How much of God can you see before you die? Like how many God encounters, how many theophanies can you have? How, how deep can you go with the Lord? Not, not just with the house of God, but with the presence of God. Not just with the word of God, but with the presence of God. Not just with the man or the woman of God, but with the presence of God. How deep can you go into that place of intimate, real, heart-on-heart communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with God in His presence? How deep can you go there? Because it's real and it's available and God started providing theophanies as early as the creation of our first parents, Adam and Eve, when He came and walked through uh, the garden in the cool of the day. That's a theophany. God still wants to take a walk with His kids. How many walks can you go on before the end of your life? How many experiences can you have? I am talking to hungry people this Sunday morning who long to be tw- presence dwellers who are probably right now on the edge of their couch saying, show me your glory, God. That's what I'm talking about, church fam. I know if you guys were here right now, uh, some of you guys would be doing that. I know, I know. And it's the same, it's the same people from uh, IG Live Prayer. And it's Kelly DeMott. It's Hannah. It's... Uh, Kristen Del Garcio, it's Emily Nations, it's you got every time we're on. Yeah, it's Michelle Faber. It's like dropping the fireballs right there in the chat. I know, like you're already in the Amen corner. Like you guys are probably, you probably are not even watching anymore. You're probably just show me your glory, God. Let's go. I love you guys. You, you guys are honestly the best. And if I missed one of you, Tim. Tim, Tim is always in there. He's like, let's go. Brian Eggers, all of you guys, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all are presence people, man. I love that a lot. My timer's done, so I got to finish quick, okay? But here's the thing. So, like, you should go after as much of God as you can get in your life. And, and when you think you've had enough, just know you have not explored the limits of God. You may have pushed yourself to the limit, but more is available of Him. And it's not just going to be in this life that He allows you to experience His presence. He has created a way for you to experience His presence forever. And thank you, Jesus, that he paved the path for us to have that experience with God's goodness. Amen. Amen. Well, I have to share with you guys one last point before we close. And I actually think that this point is extremely relevant to the season that we're in right now. Whenever Moses says, show me the glory, God says, I'm going to hide you. Show me the glory. You're not going to be able to see me. I'm going to hide you. Right? And, and this is just something that I believe, and I believe it's, it's a familiar experience for a lot of presence people, is prior to experiencing the glory, we so often must embrace hiddenness. I, I've just, I've recognized this with, uh, you know, reading books of saints and people who've written extensively on prayer and the Desert Fathers and prayer by Richard Foster, and there's a ton of books out there. Uh, someone just handed me today, Cameron Payne gave me practice, Practicing the Presence of God. Uh, by Brother Lawrence, that's a good one. That's a good one to start with. It's deep. It's heavy. 
But I, I noticed that in reading these guys is that, um, is that a lot of times before God reveals uh, his glory to a human, he hides the human. Like right before uh, there's something great that breaks forth, right before some amazing experience, right before a theophany, right before an encounter, right before a life transformation, there's a season of hiddenness. Like God will take you and you're like, show me the glory. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Can you be put in the cleft of the rock? Are you willing to embrace hiddenness so that you can experience an encounter? Are you willing to let God hide you for a season so that he can show his goodness to you in the place of that hiddenness? Are, are you willing? Because we're kind of hidden right now. We're not really coming out of the house much. We're spending a lot of time in the living room. We're spending a lot of time in the bedroom. We're spending a lot of time in the kitchen. We're not hanging out with our friends. We're not socializing. We're not going out to eat. We're constantly right now pretty much in a place of hiddenness. I think it's a setup for our church to have more encounters, more visions, more dreams, more experiences with God, more experiences with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry I'm going all Pentecostal with, uh, you know, on you guys for this sermon. But I just think it's a divine setup for us to go deeper in intimacy with God so that as we come out of this experience where it feels like a baptism of fire, the only thing that gets burned up is all the stuff that God didn't put there in the first place. And the only thing that's left is our heart of intimacy and our drive for fellowship with God. And we come out of this thing as a family, a presence people that lifts our hands in the presence and says, I want to see more of God I must have more of God. I want to see the glory of God. I'm not going to be satisfied until I get everything that God will pour out for me. I will not move. I will not leave. I will not make decisions until I see the glory of God. I'm a presence person. Hide me if you want to, God, whatever it takes, whatever the cost, I don't mind. Because if I get you in return, everything else pales in comparison to what I, you know, everything I gave up pales in comparison. Come on, that is what God is worth, and that is what God's inviting us into. This is, this is what I'm sensing as I'm praying. I'm sensing that God wants to bring us further into this as being presence people. And just to, you know, uh, go through the principles one more time. Number one is the answer is always God's presence. It's that whatever your problem is right now, the answer is God's presence. Number two, you've got to get an appropriate value for the presence of God in your life. God's presence has to become irreplaceable for you, church. Uh, point number three is this. God's presence is already yours. You don't, you don't have to earn it. Jesus already took care of that for you, all right? Paved the path to the Father in his own blood. Presence is available to you right now in this very moment, and it's free. That's a good thing. Number four is do everything you can to get all the presence of God that you can. L live to explore the limits of God's presence. And number five, to experience the glory, embrace hiddenness. Embrace it. This might feel like a season of hiddenness, but this can quickly become a season of glory. Church fam, I love y'all. I pray for you every day. I pray God encounter you today. I, call, I pray God bless you today. Uh, obviously, I hate that we cannot be together, but I know we'll be back together soon. And God has just created a way for us to connect uniquely differently, which we're thankful for. And he's created an opportunity for us to go deeper with him. And we say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to dive deeper into your heart, Lord. Show us your glory. We want to be presence people. We don't want to turn around. We don't want to move from this place. We just want you, God. This is, this is not about us just going back to church, Lord. We, this is about us coming back home to God. This is about us experiencing the presence of God like never before. That's what we're called to, church. That's who we are, Legacy. We are presence people. I love you guys. God bless you tremendously. See you soon.
Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.